Welcome to the Splinters Podcast from the team on the bench. Community Radio's leading no-holds-barred Friday night sports show. Available online and replayed on Triple H 100.1 FM. Now, here's your host, the Raging Bull, Anthony Caruso. And a very good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and a welcome to Splinters, the Bench Podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming live on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au, and available on podcast.com, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and all good podcast sites. Of course, we do it all for the All About Caring Sydney Bears, the recently crowned champions, the All About Caring Sydney Bears, and Magpies Waitara, the action attraction of the North Shore. This is Anthony the Bull Caruso, and as we are now in September, we are starting to set up what is expected to be a big changing of the guard in New South Wales Premier Cricket. We have seen more rooms and confirmed moves than you can poke a stick at. In fact, it's so big that we've had to dedicate two shows to do this. Not only that, but I, even I have to admit that I can't do this alone. So, joining me with possibly the longest distance to cover to get to the studio here tonight is the wise man himself, Matt Mears. Good evening to you. Good evening, Mr. Caruso. Good evening to all of our Splinters listeners. Yes, the, the huge um, commute it is from my place to the uh, Caruso Studios here in DY. But um, it is September. The days are getting longer. Uh, the, the sun's out and shining a bit brighter and... I can't wait for it, cricket. It's all about to begin. These two huge podcasts covering New South Wales Premier Cricket. Let's get it started. Absolutely. So we've got two guests on the phone with us. First off, the Sultan himself, a proud supporter of the Red V in rugby league and in cricket, a disciple of the old Lane Cove Cricket Club and George's George's River, Tony Dosing. Good evening. Good evening to you. Hello, everyone. It's great to be on board for these Two previews of what promises to be another intriguing summer of New South Wales Premier Cricket, considering that there's a lot of question marks about where cricket is headed across the board, you do have to go back to the grassroots because it is still where our champions of today and tomorrow are playing the game right now. And, uh, Tony, are we going to be hearing about your future escapades down at Bexley Oval anytime soon? No. Absolutely not. I am definitely retired. I'd rather look at that. this uh, very good summer ahead of us uh, in all three forms of the game. Uh, two day, one day, and T20. There are changes in the wind when it comes to the T20 Cup, as well as the fact that we're only as this episode goes to where less than a month away from the first bull being bowed in anger for the start of another season. Well, finally, we do have one of our favourite guests joining us on the phone. He is a member of the always dangerous Gordon District Cricket Club, a more than handy all-rounder, and um, as Matt and I have bared witness to down at Chatswood Oval, one of the most damaging opening bats in the Kingsgrove Sports T20 Cup. Good evening to you, Tim Crawford. Hey guys, how you Very good, very Thanks good. Yeah, um, we still bear witness, I think, to that uh, amazing innings that he played against Mossman, where he took to um, one, it was one Brett Lee, took a liking to well, him. Well, I said there was a couple of bowlers that day that really felt the wrath, but um, I said some of those shots at um, Chatswood Oval can be impressive, particularly if you can make it past the peripherals there at Chatswood. And um, certainly, Tim has said one of the couple innings there that 
will stay in the mine for uh, quite a while. How, how many how many cars have you damaged down there throughout <laughs> your time? Yeah, well, Orchard Road's not very far away, and the train tracks aren't too far away. Have so. you have you had anyone hit a train before? Uh, not where I've been playing, but it's got a, at some point, surely. I think the training has definitely happened because the nets are sort of on that side. Is, um, is, is there yeah, a go-to scapegoat? So if someone comes looking <laughs> for someone, is it just like everyone in the dressing room is just conditioned to point at someone? Because I know if me and Anthony were ever playing in a team and something happened, I'd be pointing in his direction even if it was anybody else in the team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, um Reese Bombass, he's no longer playing in the club, but a long-time player. Um, yeah, he, I think he would have put a few onto there as well in the nets. Um, they've actually got new nets where it covers the side padding a lot more and, you know, it's blocked it off. I guess it saves a fair bit of time. I'm having to go out there and look for balls as well. But I know someone else is a good puller of the ball, Steve Kelly. Doesn't mind trying to have a crack and trying to get us through the net up there as well. So that's a bit of a laugh at training sometimes. Well, let's get started. Speaking of those near mitts, Tim, uh, what about, in terms of pertinent matters, the, the build up to this start of the season? Burnham uh, have been doing their bats as we start to get into the first one of 10 clubs that we're going to look at this evening uh, in this part one of the New South Wales cricket preview. How has uh, practice been? How has and the build-up being to ball run on September 28th. Yeah, it's been great. We've got a, well, Ben Priest is with us last year as head coach, but he's sort of taken on a really more senior role for the club this year, and um, he'll be the first great coach as well. And He's really driven proceedings. He's got really high expectations, and yeah, training intensity um, is really built um, previously, oh, in the last few weeks, sorry. So, yeah, that's been a really good impact. Um, we've had a couple of... A new lads come in. Um, Dan Chillingworth come down from Newcastle. He's taken 50 wickets there last year, and he's been the best league spin bowler up there for the past couple of years. Um, he's played PGs for us in the past few years as well, so he's, he's not new to the club, but he's moved down full time. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes this season. And yeah, another player who's sort of come across um, from Mossman is Nathan Doe. He also bowls leg spin. So um, yeah, there's a couple of new. Additions. Um, we'll see how they sort of slot into a pretty handy side that we've already got. Well, let's get. Um, let's- yeah. That- Let's get straight into it, ladies and gentlemen. Um, now, we've got, we're going to split the competition in two. We're going to be looking at it in alphabetical order. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's open the batting right here on Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM. Now, Matt, the New South Wales Premier Cricket Competition in first grade for the Belvedere Cup is one of the most fiercely, club, fiercely competitive club cricket competitions in the world. 20 clubs compete for the title, and the last five seasons, we've seen five different winners. Well, that's just the testament to the competition. As you said, we are feeding into more than we used to. We've got two big bash um, teams now in Sydney, plus others. Like I said, the the Sydney grade competition is seen as a a hotbed of cricketers, even if they aren't playing that Sheffield Shield or one-day level in the, the sixth state tournament. It can be a lot of those underneath guys that um, are needed to fill eight big bash teams are found in this competition. So 
all eyes are going to be on it again, and it just shows the quality that there are across 20 teams that you can have five different winners in five years. Well, let's get straight into it. Uh, first club that we've got up, Tony, is the Bankstown District Cricket Club, the Bankstown Bulldogs. Last year, eighth in first grade, fifth in the limited overs, and fourth in the Sydney Thunder Conference for the Kingsgrove T20 Cup. The big rumour from them at the moment, and I think it may have been confirmed, Jake Fawcett has joined them from Mossman. Well, um part of the Mossman exodus. I mean, we're going to discuss that in uh, this uh, other episodes, but uh, last year was a disappointment by Bankstown's standards. Uh, they expect to make finals and be there fighting for titles every year. They have such a, a rich history, particularly over the last 30 years, with the Willow Twins, the likes of uh, Dylan Byrne fighting around the place. They've given Australian cricket so many quality players. One cracker Holdsworth is another that comes to mind, the hotbed of Thompson and Pascoe back in the wild and early days of the 1970s. Uh, but last year was a disappointment by their standards. They would be expecting Jake Fawcett to bring something different to the table in a push to get back into that top six. Tim, um, you know how proud of Clark Banks can are. I would expect them to be knocking on the door to get back into that six. Yeah, I definitely agree. They're, as you say, they're a great club and they've had a lot of quality over a long period of time. They're they're always there and thereabouts at the end of the season. They're a really hard team to to beat. Um, and yeah, Jake will only add to that too. He's a, he's a good player. Um, of course, he probably didn't do as well as he would have liked at Mossman last year. But um, yeah, they'll be they're definitely always a tough team to beat, especially if you go out there to Bankstown over. They play the conditions really well. So yeah, they'll be pushing top six definitely, I would have thought. We should mention... Yeah, they, still, they still need doing so race runs, though, at the top of the order. Um, in even greater quantity than what they got last year. Yeah, I'd agree. He's, he's got 130 or 40 against us and just killed us, really. Um, so, yeah, we, you got to get him out early. And um, I think Nathan McAndrew has really come on with his batting as well. He, he's a really you know promising all-rounder. He's played some big bash games. Um, and, yeah, he's obviously really good with the ball as well. So, yeah, probably their two keys. Um two key players but if, you know, if you add forces into that if he can you know, play as well as he can he's played some uh, four day cricket I think in WA in the past so you know, adding some quality to this to squad. Let's go to the next club, which will be uh, Matt Mears. It'll be Black, Blacktown Mounties. Now, a new thing here, because Mounties have now taken over the, the Blacktown Cricket Club, still known as the Blacktown Mounties Warriors. Last year, 19th in first grade, 14th in the limited overs, 9th in the Sydney Thunder Conference for the Kingsgrove T20 Cup, but a big, big move for them this year. Well, certainly, well, as I said, other than the, the Mounties move coming up from Shires, where they did have the... Uh, the relationship with Southern Districts there. So to, to see them move up into the Belvedere Cup and into the Sydney Premier Cricket Competition, one big move, one big move that obviously get a big cash injection into the club. And I think this is probably what's contributed to this move. But Harmon Sandu making the move from Blacktown um, to Blacktown from Fairfield, Liverpool, obviously the, the dollars coming into that. But that's going to be huge for a club that, as we saw, 19th last year, they do sit at the bottom of those tables. Now, with the dollars behind them, they can really make a move up the ladder. And, and Tim was... not, only, not only that, uh, Matt, but with Harmon Sandy coming across, we all know the dominance of that West Asian uh, uh, community in that part of Sydney, trying to bring them across 
into the mainstream cricket system away from their own private cricket system, which is a massive, massive uh, uh, goal for not only Blacktown, but cricket in Sydney in general. Absolutely. Well, what we've seen, of course, referring to the uh, the respective nations' cups that are played out in Western Sydney, uh, there. But uh, Tim Black, this Blacktown team. I mean, they they started making a good move with the pickup of Matt Day from Mossman. Um, Jordan Gauchy has been a a mainstay for this club as well. I could see some improvement for Blacktown to continue, uh, but probably not quite enough just yet. Yeah, I think yeah, Harlan's a good player and he'd be a good. Good addition to the club, definitely. I think, yeah, Mounties have proven in the Chai's comp. They can pump a lot of money into a club and, yeah, if that can work over a long period of time, you know, they could attract a lot of players there. Um, yeah, Jordan Gauchy, again, one of the better players in the competition with the New South Wales contract. And, yeah, Matt Day has proven himself for a long period of time. Um, probably getting on a little bit more, but still quite handy to have. But, yeah, I don't know. I'd hope, I'd hope that um, we could... We could we touch them up when we played them. It was looking that way last year, but unfortunately, um, the rain got ahead of us. So, yeah, uh, I don't know. That, that surprised me if they were up the top. Let's go to the next club, the Campbelltown Camden Ghosts. Uh, last year, 20th and last in the first grade competition, 11th and living at overs, but they were the big surprise in the Kingsgrove T20 Cup, finishing second in the Thunder Conference. Uh, of course, uh, Matt, the the centerpiece of the Jared Burke um, foreign legion, as Tony likes to call them, from Bankstown. Well, they said that that was their raid a couple of years ago. Now that they really look to to try and put something into the club. Unfortunately, it hasn't translated into results in the longer forms in the in the Belvedere Cup. But when you have the likes of Jared Burke and Phil Wells in a team. They can certainly produce some results in the in the shortest form of the game, which we saw there. They haven't really had too much change to our knowledge so far from last year, but they're going to have to pull something from within the club if they want to move up the ladder this year. And Tony, I think in particular... Absolutely. The other thing that was um, quite curious, and uh, Tim will bring you in on this one here, was the uh, the guest stint that they've been known to pull from time to time, and of course the infamous one two years ago from Monty Panesar that ended up being arguably as big, as big a flop as if I can use a football uh, reference from the A-League when Perth Glory brought William Gallas over and it's probably um, a complete and utter waste of time. <laughs> Let's go to the next. Let's go to the next club, the Eastern Suburbs Dolphins. 
Uh, the Eastern Suburbs Cricket Club, of course, and last year ninth in first grade, seventeenth in the limited overs, and ninth in the Kingsgrove Sports T Twenty Cup. The big confirmed move from here, Tony, is Harry Dalton leaving Eastern Suburbs to head to Mossman. Well, um, it's kind of rare. Harry Dalton lives, I wouldn't say, denied opportunity, but he certainly had a bit of competition uh, in the Eastern Suburbs. Uh, Outbeat, you had uh, Conway. team, Matt, that's, that is stacked full, was stacked full of um, New South Wales, all fringe New South Wales players. Not only that, but they're going through their post-Ian Moran phase at the moment. Well, obviously when you have the Ian Moran, who's such a big part of the club, set records for most games and most runs and most wickets in the, in the competition as a whole, not just for the club. When you have someone like that move out of the club, sometimes it's a bit hard to find your identity. You, you Sometimes when you have a player like that, it's just a comfortable feeling. If, if your back's against the wall, yeah, Ian's going to get us out of it. But they, they struggled a little bit with it last year, but they've got enough players there that can really back up for them. They've, they've got the likes of Harry Conway, who New South Wales bowler, who you'd think would be around for part of the season. You've got Sam Robson, who's, in, who's played tests for England that comes back and plays when he's not playing county cricket in England. Peter Neville has said he'll be around. He probably won't play Big Bash again. He'll be around those summer, those um, really the the January December period when the Big Bash is on. There are big enough names in this East Side, but they really need to find their spot in the team. They really need to focus on the player roles to fill that big void that is Ian Moran. And that'll be that'll be a challenge for them to be able to try and fill to fill that slot here. What's going to be curious for me uh, for this Tim is what's going to happen if Peter Neville and Baxter Holt ends up playing. Both of them currently lined up for New South Wales, uh, and I imagine new, the New South Wales selectors are going to be keen to try and get someone ready to fill into the uh, the gloves on a full time basis. Will they have to step in and say to Peter Neville that he'll be playing as a bat and to give Baxter Holt more time with the gloves? Uh, yeah, we're seeing this in the past. New South Wales sort of control some things at grade level. So, yeah, if that's and what they say, then that's what they say. And 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 that's what they say. Uh, Bruce Coates, I believe it's uh, about Trent Johnston, but uh, uh, they're the former Irish international, but uh, it's time for Neville to be moved on. Uh, then you'll find that that will be reflected, unfortunately, in some of those eastern suburbs selections. We all know it, it's not good for the grade game. A lot of people don't like it. A lot of people think it sucks, but then it's the reality. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that is the reality, unfortunately. Well, well, we just fall under their banner, so... 
um, if that's what they want to do, then, you know, unfortunately that's sort of what happens. Um, it, it takes away from Grey Cricket a little bit, which is the disappointing part to it, but, yeah, you're right, it's reality, so... There's another, Henry Hunt is another player in there, and Angus Robson and a couple of guys who are also top order bats and some of the best batters going around too. So they've got stacked talent in there. They just need to work out a way of putting it together. Um, yeah, there's too much talent for them to not sort of Seriously, contend in all formats. Let's go to our last team for part for this uh, first section, and it is the Fairfield Liverpool Cricket Club, the Fairfield Liverpool Lions. Last year, twelfth in first grade, they came bottom of the ladder in the limited overs competition. They did give the Kingsgrove T Twenty Cup a bit of a shake, finishing six. They've had a couple of um, transfers occurring. Um, one coming in is Luke Doran, has announced that he's returning to Fairfield Liverpool. As we mentioned before, Harmon Sand. He's uh, moving on to Blacktown. There was a big rumour going around. It has been confirmed that it's not happening. And that big rumour, Mizzy, was Liam Hatcher supposedly moving to Manly Warringah. That has been confirmed not happening. Well, that would have been a big get for Manly had that happened. But obviously, um, both sides couldn't agree on that one. But that's what we love about this time of year, the big rumours, whether they're happening or not. Maybe could still pull a bit of banter later in the year, but um, as I said, a, a good one there for Fairfield Liverpool to uh, be able to keep in their in their team. And that's good. And having Victor is going to be a big addition to this side, however, it's still a long way from the the glory days that we're uh, we're uh, pumped along by Now, Tim, the, this is a team that's got a couple of very strong individual players, but it's about the the unit really coming together, and they still they'll still retain the services of Paramuppel, uh, Luke Oronowski, and Liam Hat and Liam Hatcher, as we mentioned before. But it's that team really coming together to form a cohesive unit. And what we've found is if if Param doesn't fire, this Fairfield Liverpool team does struggle to perform. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. Um, unfortunately, he fired against us last season and hit 100. So, um, yeah, that, you're right, though. They, they rely definitely on a couple, uh, well, probably three players in their team. Um, yeah, they really need to work on their depth. If they can work on their depth and support those blokes a bit more, then yeah, they can be a dangerous team. And, um, yeah, they knocked off, up, knocked us off, unfortunately, the back end of last season. So, yeah, they're, they're a side to be wary of, definitely. But um, if you can bring your A game when you're playing against them, then. Um, I guess it depends on your team's life, but you should be able to put up a good, good game against them. The other thing to bring up as well is that this is a team that's very heavy, um, Tony, on their Poitou and Gray Shield team, especially with Liam Hatcher and Luke Oronowski coming through the um, the lineup. So you, you, think, you think they might be building for something. They still have Arjun Nair in the lineup, although he's been splitting his time between New South Wales and Western Australia these days. He is, and that's going to be a uh, problem for his availability back at ground level. Look, clearly they've got a, a, a policy of the future. It's a great catchment area, the west of Sydney. Again, very similar to Blacktown. They have that, um, that Indian element that hasn't been able to be uh, converted across into the mainstream system from their own private systems, and that's going to be something that those clubs in the west of Sydney have to own that, not just grab it over the next five to ten years. 
So with that, we're halfway through our part one of our preview of the New South Wales Premier Cricket Competition. Um, coming up shortly, we'll be going through the second uh, second session of play for today. Here we go. Well, we're at the tea break now, are we? Well, we no, we're at the drinks break now. So, we're at the drinks break. Uh, the drinks break, all right. Break, yeah. So um, now I've brought the, uh, the cordial in for us to get ourselves quenched up before we proceed on. But, of course, uh, we'll be coming back very shortly with that. This is... The New South Wales Premier Cricket Preview from Splinters on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, podcast.com and all good podcast sites. Course, even some of the bad ones. Even some of the bad ones as well. Of course, we are doing it all for the action attraction of the North Shore Magpies Waitara. And a quick mention as well, of course, uh, big congratulations to the All About Caring Sydney Bears. The, the champions. The they, champions. They get involved with the bench. They win the comp. The streak for the bench continues. Absolutely. So we'll be back in, we'll be back in a moment with part two. 2019 Australian Ice Hockey League season has concluded with your All About Caring Sydney Bears winning it all. That doesn't mean it's all over for the year on the hockey front. Log on to bearsshop.com.au for all your Bears merchandise options. And stay tuned to Splinters and the Bench for updates coming out of the Australian Women's Ice Hockey League and the world's top competition, the National Hockey League. Sydney Bears, hear us roar. Sponsors of Triple H. Welcome back to Splinters the Bench podcast on a Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available at podcast.com, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play and all good um, podcast sites and a couple of the bad ones as well. And of course we do this all for the action attraction of the North Shore Magpies Waitara and your 2019 AIHL champions, the All About Caring Sydney Bears. We come back from the drinks break. That cordial that we just had, that cordial we just had in that drinks break, um, uh, no sign of uh, of of Murphy's and the grabs agitating substitute. <laughs> well, I want to know who did the mix. I want to know who did the mix because. Uh... <laughs> Not a good mix. Not a good oh, mix. Oh, yeah, as we know, we need, it, we need a good mix. Is it, is it too watery or too much cordial? I think it was too much cordial, Tim. Um, <laughs> just put it that way. If you, if you see the ad, you'll know what I mean. <laughs> oh, God. Excuse me. Hang on. We, you can tell we're talking to a couple of batsmen here because there is clearly no such thing as too much cordial. <laughs> Yeah, indeed. Let's just ask Mike Atherton how scary Merv Hughes oh. is at from twenty two yards. So um, look, we're gonna get straight back into our preview. We've gone through our first five teams, we're about to go through our second five teams, and lo and behold, Team number six will be going through an alphabetical order is the Gordon District Cricket Club, the Gordon Stags. One of our, certainly, we have to admit, one of our favourite clubs, not just from the men's side, but also the women's side. We had, um, last week, we had Heidi Cheadle from the women's talking about how they're preparing. Now it's the men's term. Last year, 10th in first grade, third in the limited overs competition, and sixth in the Sydney Sixers Conference in the Kingsgrove T20 Cup. Um... Tim, there were rumours going around about Stephen Colley taking a sabbatical. Can you confirm or deny that rumour? Uh, no, I'm denying. No, no deal. The rumours. No deal. Awesome. There, there it is. Because uh, he's getting married, I think. 
he's getting married. He's getting married just so he can end up in Byron Bay. So there'll be a few of lads up there. Um, but yeah, no deal. He's playing. Should we get Tim back on next week to to the the after party of the wedding and see any that'll that'll have some good stories. Oh, that will. <laughs> no. Splinters after dark. Well, let's let's ask let's ask Tim because there is a um there is a certain um C Hemsworth you might be looking to try and poach into your team, isn't there? A certain who, sorry? C Hemsworth. C Hemsworth. I don't think Gordon need any more good rigs in that club. They, they might, they might, they might get a bit jealous, mate. I think they'll be. I think they're happy with what they got. They don't need anybody taking anybody any um, any eyes off them, mate. Oh, geez, Put Hemsworth in there. There's no eyes for anyone else. No, absolutely. <laughs> Um, 
and yeah, I'm really looking forward to watching him bowl. Hopefully, I can catch him in the slips off him this year. Well, Tim, if we can get an exclusive for splinters, is there any one of the the, the young up-and-comers, perhaps um, someone making their way up the grades, one of the youngsters coming through that you could really see making a, a mark in the Belvedere Cup this year? Well, I reckon there's a couple of lads who, who you could look out for. Definitely Glenn Windsor. Uh, he, he, he played with us last season. He played some green shoe with us in past seasons as well. He's he's coming on leaps and bounds. He's only a short fella, but he's a really good all-rounder. Um, and picked up some big scouts going off Fifer against Hawkesbury last year. So, yeah, there's one. I mean, another one is uh, Lockie, Lachlan Barnsley that um, played a lot of second grade last year, but I think he'll be pushing his way, well, hoping to push his way in the first grade this year. He's a batsman. Um from up north in the country and yeah, it'll be interesting to see how down Chillingworth goes. These are leg experience come down from Newcastle. Um, yeah, really exciting talent. Um, it's had a bit of an injury layoff, so he's just coming back from that now. But yeah, I reckon there's, there's three young players who you know haven't, um, well, I guess Glenn Windsor's played a fair bit of first grade, but the other two haven't had the opportunity so, so much yet. So, yeah, along, along with them, obviously, Axel Galen is another extremely good talent. He's only, what, he's, he's 21 years old. So, um, yeah, we've got some really good young players coming through. So, hopefully, they'll take over the guard of the older players in the, in the seasons to come. And what was it about, um, just very quickly with it, what was one of the big things that uh, for the team last year? Because what we, what we could gather from some of the scorecards was, um, especially towards the end of the season, was Gordon getting themselves into a into a position to close the game out and just not quite um, getting the job done. Yeah, it's quite frustrating. Um, I guess the folks and myself included probably not putting their hand up and really taking ownership of, you know, really being stubborn and not getting out. Um, yeah, I think there was a couple of times where, we, you're right, we got ourselves in a really good position um, and then sort of the middle to lower order um, when we were consolidate. But, yeah, I, I, you know, the top order, the other ones are really, they're there to score most of the runs. Um, so it comes from within, I guess everyone's sort of putting their hand up and, I, yeah, Ben, our coach, put, put an interesting point to us. You got 11 players in the team and um, that means 9% spread between everyone. So if everyone can sort of take care of their 9 or 10%, then, um, yeah, you, you're out there to, you know, perform equally well. And, you know, you, most of the time, if you're going to do that as a team, then you, you'll get a good result. Let's go to the next Let's go to the next club, the Hawkesbury Cricket Club. The um, Hawkesbury Hawks, last year, 17th in first grade, 13th in limited overs, and 8th in the Sydney Thunder Conference for the Kingsgrove T20 Cup. Uh, the big transfer room to come out of it this year was Josh Clark leaving Hawkesbury for Western Suburbs. I don't know if that's actually been confirmed yet. Yeah, I can, I can confirm that. It has happened. That's going to be a massive loss for Hawksbury because Josh Clark was the mainstay of the top order last year. And they've suffered some pretty serious losses the last two or three years. They lost Jordan Dratchy two years ago uh, over the other side of the Windsor Valley to, to Blacktown. And now having lost uh, Josh Clark, um, that's going to take uh, a huge hole out of uh, the top order. And they may struggle again this summer as a result. 
Now they've got um, Peter Forrest has done an amazing job as um, as player coach down at um, at Hawkesbury Mears, and they've got a couple of very handy players in Aidan Van der Nuenbaugh and Jake um, Wallahan, um, along with the Lawrence brothers. But it really is it's now starting to become apparent that that lack of class is really going to start affecting Hawkesbury. Well, it certainly is. They they need to find they need to have those guys coming through because you said you lose someone like Josh Clark. People like that don't come along every day. It's going to probably have to come down and be the the um, Peter Forrest show because it said they're bowling. Not a lot there. It said one of probably the weaker bowling attacks in the competition. So that means they're going to need runs to defend. You look through that lineup again, where is the – there is a little bit more in that batting lineup. There's no one with the class of Peter Forrest, obviously, ex-one-day um, player for Australia. He's done it on the big stage before, so he's really going to have to step up for this Hawkesbury side if they're going to make any dent in any of the competitions this year. We then go yeah, to... I agree. He's the centrepiece of their, their club. And if you had, well, Dale McKay's done a fairly good job in the top order as well. Yeah, that was a massive loss. He bowls a lot, Josh Clark as well, and he's, a, he's one of the best viewers in the competition, so that's a huge loss for them. We got we got to the next club. It's the Manly Warringah District Cricket Club, the Manly Warringah Waratahs. Uh, last year, 14th in first grade, 18th in limited overs, and 7th in the Kingsgrove Sports T20 Cup. Of course, there was the rumour, which has now been uh, confirmed not happening, which was Liam Hatcher to join Manly Warringah from Fairfield, Liverpool, but... And Tony Dawson is going to be very excited about this. Smoking Joe Graham has left Manly for the Red V. there when we look through the list you've got the Edwards brothers and Mickey and Jack they could be possibly on New South Wales duties Jay Lenton um, he's in that wicket keeper mix for, for the New South Wales also with the Thunder as well so there are a few ones like that like Ryan Hadley as well coming through but not really proven yet he's played in the under uh, Australian under 19s but the big one is the local junior in Ollie Davies he is obviously getting a higher and higher profile. He's now got a full-time contract with the Thunder. So they are building some of these names, but they are getting taken off the top as well. So they, if you take out those four, five, six guys that that really have that pedigree to be further up, they really don't have a, a, a next line of attack to come through to really be competitive. So their, their season this year is really going to be built around how much availability can they get out of that five or six players? And that's a big thing. I mean, they're going to get too much of that big news. I mean, you look at Jack and Nicky Edwards, 
Jack Edwards is a World Cup star to play a lot of cricket for New South Wales, as is Mickey Edwards as well. They're two of the first choice New South Wales first 11 players for the start of the Sheffield Shield campaign. Uh, and then Jay Linton will probably play for Manly in the first half of the season, but uh, he won't be around at Big Bash time. So he's going to come back to the Cam Merchants and somehow keep the fires going in their way. And this is something that's um, that can affect um, teams in New South Wales Premier Cricket. Um, Tim, is this representative? Uh, the pressures of representative duties, and often you find that the the best teams on paper, when you look at the overall squad, don't often perform because of the drain of representative duties. Yeah, it causes a lot of disruption within the team as well. Players going in and out, they don't really know what's happening, and then. Yeah, Manly have been one side definitely massively affected by players. Um, well, they've got players who can just, they all play at the next level. Well, not all of them, but, you know, they've got a fair few of them who will play at that next level. So, you're right, on paper, they've got a really good side, but how available are they going to be? Probably not so available. So, yeah, the guys below them have a really good opportunity to try and develop some experience. They've got Aiden Beal as well, so he's obviously had a lot of experience and top, top batter. Um, over a course of time in great cricket. So, yeah, it, you're right, it, it, it is a challenge. And, um, you know, I guess we've sort of been lucky. We've had some really good players who, you know, haven't been pulled up to the above too often. I guess Stokes is really the main one at the moment who's sort of bowled a lot midweek and then hasn't been able to play for us sometimes due to the, you know, the lovely bowling restrictions that they put on them. So, yeah, it is a challenge. The um, and I think the last thing obviously to mention is that has been that exodus of players um, from that uh, premiership winning team. Museum. We've got them in front of us here at the moment. Tim Crookshank retirement. Nick Bills to Mossman and then Sydney. Jimmy Munting who um, playing part cricket. Yeah, exactly. Adam and James Crossway to North Sydney. Matt Alexander to North Sydney. Um, Aidan Barriol to Sutherland. That's almost an entire team's worth of players. Uh, as I said, they, they've had their they, – they built really well, Manly. They they built towards when they won the Belvedere Cup a couple of years ago. They really got the players in to shape. They weren't really on the radar of, of state selection, so they had the same sort of nucleus for most of the year, which, which you find is what teams need in order to progress in the championship. Unfortunately, now they, they, they are getting the youngsters coming through, but – they are getting picked up for, for higher honours. I said Joel Foster was one we didn't mention as well. He's been playing a lot of underage cricket for New South Wales and Australia as well. So they get the guys coming through, but they just can't keep them manly, and that's probably going to see them stay around middle to lower of the table again this season. Let's go to the next club. It is the Mossman Cricket Club, the Mossman Wales. Last year, 11th in first grade, 12th in limited overs, 11th in the Sydney Sixers Conference for the Kingsgrove Sports T20 Cup. And uh, we've already got... A uh, a, a swag of changes coming through. So, we've already confirmed Harry Dalton will be joining Mossman from Eastern Suburbs. We've already confirmed Jake Fawcett is leaving Mossman to go to Bankstown. The other two that's going to affect Mossman, Scott Rogie has left Mossman for Northern Districts. And the final one is Illawarra and ACT superstar Karen White will join Mossman this year. Uh, more changes in the revolving door, the uh, 
strength for the Wales over the last couple of years, and I want to get uh, inputs from both Tim and uh, Matt Mears on this, has been the aged competitions from Mossman. So two years ago, Mearsy, they did win the Green Shield, and then last year they won Poitman um, Grey. So unlike the Mossman teams of, of old, this is, a, this is a club that's currently got some decent kids coming through now. Well, they're, they're finding them from somewhere, obviously, in the past, it was maybe seen as a, a club to go through. If you, if you were from, say, Manly or North Sydney, you couldn't get a run there. Mossman was seen as the second option to, to get a game when perhaps it wasn't going to be at your home club. But really, they're starting to build something now. They said you, you, they've obviously got some money. They can get some good players in the top. And we, you see when they get those players in the top, it can it can it it's an attractive way to get people in the lower grades. We've seen it ourselves with some of the, the good talent, the Hayden Browns of the world, making that move across to, to Mossman to play with some of these bigger players and learn from them. So if they keep building this way, Mossman, they're going to be a force in years to come, but losing the likes of Scott Rogers is a big loss. They need someone that's going to fill that void. You look through that lineup, it may have to be more than one player. Well, Tim, you know, well, two questions for you on this is firstly, the firstly is the impact of developing those kids through that age competition at, at a scenario that Gordon always appears to be there or thereabouts for both point of and gray and for green shield. And secondly, that, that process of transitioning them through that pathway up into the top grades. Yeah. When he, when he put a really big emphasis on that, um, once you get them into the green shield, then that's the start of their journey at the club. So, yeah, we've got a really good green shield side. We've had a really strong green shield side for, for the past few seasons. Um, and, yeah, all those players are starting to really feed on into the higher grades. Um, yeah, Glenn Windsor's example, he played, like, maybe four years ago, um, and he's playing first grade now. So, yeah, I think that's that's the way you really want to try and develop your players, get them in, get the good players into the green shield and then really develop them through. And, yeah, they get opportunity at grade once they finish school, if they're in private school or they can start to play some grade cricket um, if they're at a public school. Um, and then, yeah, PGs is another way that they can just play a little bit more cricket on a Sunday and 
um, I guess, get together with their mates as well who are a similar age, which is sometimes a little bit different in the grade setting, but it's probably going more towards that younger age group as well. But, yeah, we definitely, as I said, we, we put a massive emphasis on that um, because if you can get some good players coming through there, you take care of them well and you coach them well, you know, it sets them up for the future and it's really good for your club, so... Well, the last club we've got to do for the preview for uh, for tonight is the UTS North Sydney District Cricket Club. The UTS North Sydney Bears, uh, they were the big surprise packet from last year. Third in first grade, fourth in limited overs, eighth in the Kingsgrove Sports T20 Cup. But I can tell you now that it's, it is not going to be the same because, uh, first off, their two big run scorers, Adams and James Crossway, will not be playing at North Sydney this year. Where are they going? Adam has accepted a player coach role with St Kilda in Melbourne. James is currently playing in England but is rumoured to be returning to Melbourne with his brother. The other transfer rumour that we've got, and hopefully we will get confirmation on this or not, Mark Jenkins joining North Sydney from Randwick Petersham. But with the greatest of respect, he is not a crossway. Absolutely not. And uh, they uh, got into the finals and got so close to the grand final last summer on the back of the runs of crossways and also of Tom Jacket. And it's going to be left to Tom Jacket to uh, carry the load uh, for the Bears uh, this season. Whether that's going to be too big for one man to carry, uh, it's going to be hard. But when you take out Crossway has scored over a thousand runs, Jacket a thousand runs as well. Um, he can't score two thousand runs in the season, Tim. I'm sure he'll be relieved to know that the Crossways have left the Sydney Greats and they've certainly left their mark in more ways than that. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, first and foremost, those two are massive losses there. They're obviously really good players and they're really good leaders um, on the field for those, those clubs that they've played. Uh, they've, yeah, they've been remarkable, really, the way they've led different teams. Um, they play the cricket really hard on the field and, um, yeah, they're, they're really just really difficult players to play against. And, um yeah, they've proven themselves over a long period of time. So, yeah, that's a massive loss for North Sydney. As you said, Tom Jaggett um, did really well. I think, he, I think when we played them, it looked like he'd learn a lot off those other two, batting with them and, um, you know, taking their advice. So, yeah, he, he did quite well. But, yeah, they're going to have to find some runs with some other blokes. So, um, Mac Jenkins is playing dog left arm Austin, so he won't be scoring many runs for them. So, yeah, that'll be their next challenge, really. Um It'll be interesting to see how they go. They've got a, they've got a great facility there at Nelson Oval. So, unfortunately, we don't play them this year. I'd love to go and play at Nelson Oval again. Well, Justin Evans. Evan. But I think without the cross weights, I can see them tumbling around at the six. Yeah, well, Justin uh, Evan. Yeah, yeah, Justin yeah. Avendano as well, um, contracted to the Sixers last year. He's going to have to step up as well and try and fill that void, but that's also going to be another one. How much he's going to be available due to um, representative duties. But just a, a bit something from, from my knowledge, talking to a few of the, the lower-grade North Sydney players, was not so much what the crossweights and the brought on the field, it was off the field. There was a real change in the culture in North Sydney from my sources were telling me last year. Just the intensity around training and off-field that they brought to the club really showed on the on the on the leaderboards and on the ladders and with the, how well they did through all the grades so it'll be interesting to see if North Sydney can keep that because perhaps losing the crossweights on the field 
Yes, that'll leave a hole in first grade, but they did have an effect across the whole the whole club. Where when you have that intensity of training, obviously we know as awkward it is, the, the better you train, the better that relates to the results on the field as well. So it'll be interesting to see with that shift away, whether that intensity can be kept. And as I said, it might not just be for the first grade that'll suffer. It might be all grades as well. Yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt that. They were two massive leaders of the club and they just brought a lot of self-belief, not only to their team, but um, would have driven a lot of stuff for training. So, yeah, you can't replace two guys like that very easily. The other question I've got, is then around their bowling attack. Because it was said for a while that they had a reasonably good batting lineup, but they really did lack a, a couple of strike bowlers. James Campbell was a, a revelation this year. Matt Alexander, um, you know, for a long time, a fringe first-grade bowler for Manly Warringah, uh, now came into his own as a strike bowler for North Sydney. Uh, they will retain the services of both players, um, but it does mean that there's going to be more pressure on them now that they don't have this 1,400-plus runs that were scored by the crossweights. Yeah, they're never going to buy that. They're never going to defend. If, if it's down to just Evan Garner and Jacket to score their runs and not much else, um, you can do the old Andy Roberts run of no matter how many runs we make with bowling out for less, but it's not much job if you don't make money to start with. They were known as that batting side last year. It was the crossweights and jagged show that got them into the six and that got them so close to the grand final as a batting unit rather than a bowling unit. With the crossweights band, not for now, I'm afraid. So the final predictions of uh, where we think these teams are going to end up, and um, and I, I want to get in particular a big a big bolter from the um, from the teams that we've seen. My one, I've got two predictions from those teams that we've done through so far. I think North Sydney will miss the six, and I think the big surprise from this group so far is probably going to be either Gordon or Bankstown to come back up the line. You're going to see a lot of the, a lot of the same for these ten. Um, they'll they'll stay in that sort of within about two or three positions on the ladder last year, except for North Sydney. I think again, North uh, also agree there. North Sydney probably will slip back. I don't think they'll go right down the table, but they'll pro- they will miss the six. They'll probably finish down around eight to tenth. And I also think that um, Mossman. I think Scott Rodgers is going to be a bigger loss than everyone. I think everyone's going to think he's going to be a big loss. I think he's going to be an even bigger loss. They're going to have a very hard year, the, the Wales. Wow. Ten teams what down. Any, 
has anyone got an idea on West? Do you reckon they're going to move up with Josh Clark down there? Well, we'll cover that next week, I think. Um, ten yeah, teams. Uh, I've got this uh, around that fringe uh, bracket, but I think also, too, and this is probably the Triple H bias coming out, with Rodgie moving to the Urban District, um, all they needed was some runs at the top of their order because we know that their bowling attack is pretty decent. We'll be speaking with Nathan Smith. He's turned down the opportunity to play for Ireland in Test cricket to try and make it in Sydney grade cricket and then further up the line. It's a hard road to hold for new third bowlers. As you'd know, Tim, Charlie Stabo has been on the periphery, but he can't seem to get a regular game. And he's been the leading wicket taker in grade cricket for the last couple of years. But if there's going to be a bowler, a real bowler, it might be Northern District. Well, it's a great preview for our next show. Yeah, absolutely. Ten teams down, ten to go. It is a massive preview that we are going through and that we will need to continue in two weeks' time. This is already shaping up to be another intriguing season of New South Wales Premier Cricket and you can get all the news and views right here on your home of New South Wales Premier Cricket, Triple H 100.1 FM. So, join us in two weeks where we will run through the second half of our preview um, and don't forget to check out our, um, our podcast sites to go through our previews that we posted up for the Sydney Shires Cricket and the New South Wales Women's Premier Grade Cricket. Of course, last week we had Heidi Cheadle and Jess Kay joining us for that show. Well, it was a, it was a great episode. As said, we won't just be covering um, we won't be just covering the first grade competition on the bench and on Triple H this year. We will be covering women's cricket as well. So make sure you stay tuned to your home of cricket at Triple H 100.1 FM. Absolutely. I want to thank our guests tonight here, Tony Dawson. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely, and our special guest from the Gordon District Cricket Club, uh, Tim Crawford, thank you for joining us, and make sure you keep throwing up the sign of the stag. Thanks, mate. We'll get the stag club going. Absolutely. Well, that is uh, that is full time here on Splinters. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we do it all, of course, for the action attraction and the North Shore Magpies Waitara and your 2019 AIHL champions, the All About Caring Sydney Bears. My name's Anthony the Bull Caruso. Join us again soon, right here on Splinters. Yeah.